Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So um, we'll go to uh, about 30, 35 minutes where I have some questions that I prepared for Jack. He hasn't seen them. Um, so hopefully we'll make it somewhat entertaining. And then Alicia, where is Alicia? So she'll wave at me, and then we'll do some um, uh, Q&A. We have mic set up, and I'll talk about that when we get to it. Um, and uh, it is a fireside chat. Where was my fire? <laughs> it's fireside chat, so I, I, uh, the GSB is nice enough to provide a, uh, a little picture of a fire. Um, although with 95 degrees out there, I'm not sure we needed any fire. Um, Jack, yeah. we were... Both in um, Seattle, I, I'm not reading my email, I'm reading my notes here. Um, we were both in Seattle uh, last couple of days, and you were part of the delegation that traveled with President Xi. Um, and there were many interesting things that were discussed, um, and you were on a panel uh, um, Tuesday morning that included... Um, you know, entrepreneurs that were selling sausages and um, uh, brews coffee and, and, um, and, and, and what common themes with the presidency, what common themes did you all explore both on the Chinese side and what you, did you hear on the U.S. side? Well, uh, first I would like to thank Stanford for giving me this great honor. I never thought that I can have this uh, privilege to to get this award. Because I remember 20 years ago when I was Seattle I discovered internet and uh, 19 years ago, first trip to come to the uh, Silicon Valley. And I was so excited by people, and especially the, in the evening, all the roads, traffic jam. I'm excited by that, especially in the Sunday, Sunday and the Saturday weekends, all the parking lots, there's no place to park in car. I think this is so exciting, which China should have that. And um, I go yeah, back, yeah. and that's right. Now we have a traffic jam, but we, we all. <laughs> <laughs> so we went back and started the, uh, uh, the business. Well, and, and I never know I would be able to survive for, for 20 years. So I, I call myself like a blind man riding on the back of a blind tiger. And for 20 years, survived to today, still surviving. But um, we want to make this company last 102 years. So we finished uh, um, only 16 years. They're 86 years to go. So I hope that 86 years Explain later. Explain why 102. So you started in 1999. Yeah, because uh, in China, everybody wants to be make company for the last 100 years. This become a slogan. Nobody take it seriously. So if you want if you want to give, you know, the KPI to your people, it should be very specific. <laughs> and then people know it's a series. 102 years that um, we were born in 1999, Alibaba. So last century, we had a one year. And this century, we want to have a 100 years. Next century, one year. 102 cross-reach centuries. 
So very specific, so we, in our company, we never talk you're succeed, successful or not because we think there are 86 years, next 86 years, there are many chances that you will fail. So that's why we say, don't talk about you're successful. 86 years later, we talk about it. So, well, I think the Seattle trip was very good. And um, we heard what the, uh, the American entrepreneurs and business leaders worry about. And I think the American le uh, business leaders also hear what we worry about, uh, what we need. But I think that in the essence, all the entrepreneurs and the business leaders in the world are the same. They will, we want to create values for the others. But there is a lot of a misunderstanding between us. And my, uh, what I got, my suggestion is that the US and China should not like a chicken talks to ducks. Everybody want to tell. Nobody listen. We need a common language between chicken and ducks, right? People talk the same language. We have the same standard. And um, I, um, I think this kind of dialogue is pretty, um, uh, pretty effective and useful. And I, 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 I suggested that we should have a U.S. and China business dialogue talk annually every year, once in America, once in China, get the Guess the government leaders sitting there and how can improve the business environment. Normally, government leaders have a lot of a dispute to argue, but business people, we talk a lot. If we don't talk, there will be problems. So I think uh, the Seattle trip, trip is good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I'm I, um, surprised you even answered my question. That's good. <laughs> usually, usually, he'll just talk about whatever he wants to talk about, so thank you. Um, <laughs> But I, tried to, I tried to talk the Dutch language, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the Chinese economy has been on everybody's mind, right? I mean, um, you know, and people are worried here that the slowdown in China will affect global economy. Um, how, how are you seeing things? I mean, obviously, the stock market has been kind of a symbol of something that's a bubble. But um, what is going on in China from your Viewpoint. What's your perspective? I mean, you're not an economist, but you see so much going on there. Yeah. Well, first, I think um, people in the states in the West worry about China. I think it's a good thing because every time when West worry about China, China go up. <laughs> and when people in America in the Western think, "Wow, China's have a good good future," and China has problem. And you know, China, the Western has been. Uh, has been suspect China growth for past 30 years, right? So that's fine, and they, it takes time to, for both sides to understand each other. Well, China, I think, keep on growing for 10, 11, 12% for so many years. I don't think it can last long, and it's impossible. Like I said, it's like a human body. When you are 1.8 meters tall, you cannot keep growing like that pace all the time. You have to keep you know, growing your quality, the brain, not the body size. And especially today, I don't think, first, it's impossible to keep 10, 15, 11% growth annually. Second is that China needed to be slowed down and have to learn to be slowed down. Because when you see the water, when you see the air, when you see all the resources we used, it's impossible and it's ridiculous. And we don't want to, you know, China have a lot of making, a lot of money, and we spend money on the medicine and spend money in the hospital. This, is, this cannot work. So on the other side, people like me, I think China is slowing down for 7%. Good, and, but the thing, even 7%, think about, we are still the fastest growth economy in the world. And with the 7% of the total GDP, think about it, guys, 
This is lots of money. We should use the money in a better way. We need the quality, not the quantity. 30 years ago, we need a lot of quantity, but now it's a quantity. So I think in the West have a high expectation that China should have quality. China should control the air and the pollution and this and that. When we really start to do it, people start to worry, which is fine, but it's just slowing down. On the other thing is that I think China economy is not that bad. There are two things. There are three called the three matter, right? horse carriages, carriages yeah. right? Investment, infrastructure, exporting, domestic consumptions. These are the three things that China's always proud of, that these are the three engines that put China economy grow. But the investment of infrastructure, slowing down. And exporting, slowing down. These are the two things government is very good at. They love to do because they have the power to exporting and investment. But there's one thing they, did not, they could not do it good way is the consumptions because consumption is not done by government. Consumption is done by entrepreneurship and, and market economy. So I think people like us have the great opportunity. Now it's our turn, not government's turn. After 30 years, government pushed the economy in their way. And now it's our way. So I, I, I consider this as an opportunity for real market economy. And the next thing is that I, I said yesterday on a conference to the dialogue, there are a lot of mis, misunderstanding culture difference between American and Chinese. When Americans think about the economy is slowing down, that means people don't have money to spend. Oh, guys, different. You guys know how to spend it tomorrow's money future's money, or other people's money. <laughs> but we, we Chinese, our habit is to save money. We'll always keep the money in the banks. This is, China's been poor for so many years, so we worry about when we have money, we'll put it in the bank. When we have money, we'll put it in the bank, because we know tough days are coming. So you see, China has the largest deposit, banking deposit in the whole world. We also deposit a lot of money in the States, <laughs> right? When we know when the tough day comes, we start to pay, we start to buy. Now, the tough day comes, people still start to buy. With our number shows on our website, right, we, got, we are the largest 12% of the total China retailer. The consumption is still going up healthily and aggressively, especially the economy is bad, people start to buy online because it's cheaper. The other is difference. My grandmother has only one shirt in her robe, robe. My mother has three. My daughter generation, 50. <laughs> and 48% of them, uh, uh, she never wear it. This is called domestic consumption. <laughs> and we have to build up this kind of a behavior and make people start to spend money. And this is something the government is not good at. We know how to make this thing happen. So I think generally, I'm a positive. But next to two or three years, maybe you have problems. People say, well, anti-corruption, this. But think about anti-corruption and rule by law is laying a great foundation for the market economy. You don't want to go do business by bribery. 
right? You don't want to have an unfair environment in China doing. So market economy is by rule by law, and market economy is about clear, transparent, and fair. And I think this year, that year, bad. But this is why we need entrepreneurship. This is why we need that the business to drive the economy. So I'm a positive. And people, when people worry, I'm happy. When people are too happy, I start to worry. Because <laughs> you know, don't worry about the things the president is worried about. Worry about the things that nobody worry about. And this is the opportunity. So I'm positive because I'm not, I'm not, I'm positive, but I'm not stupid. I know that we have problems, but we have to solve the problems little by little. And um, that's I, it. I, I think you're right in that. Um, for a consumption and a service economy to take off and drive China as the third engine, it is going to require more businesses rather than governmental policy. Yeah. So um, I do think that's an opportunity for not just Alibaba, but you're right in the middle of it, um, but everybody. Yep. Oh, um, by the way, the other thing is the new economy. You see the traditional businesses going down, right? But the new economy is growing up tremendously. So not only the BAT, we have so many wonderful startups today coming up. And that is the rising star. And this is what China should go. Not, not keep, the, keep those, those things. Yeah. We can never, nobody can go back to yesterday. And even you want to go back to yesterday, if you, even if you can go back to yesterday, you don't want to. So I think we are yeah. good. Well, I mean, I, my, my perspective from being there yesterday is that I think both the government leadership and especially the business communities are emphasizing that our, our differences are not that big in mm -hmm. the grand scheme of things and that the U.S. and China are going to have to be key partners to solve the world's problems in the next 30 years. So, um, so it is largely um, a, a collaborative effort, and I think, Jack, you Yeah, you if we collaborate. Yeah. We could, we could a lot of um, American dreams and Chinese dreams and world dreams. If, if we don't collapse, it will be the nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, let's turn it. You know, you're here tonight uh, because of um, uh, the entrepreneurial spirit of you and your founders. Um, and obviously, when Alibaba started, it was, it was no such thing as e-commerce. Um, but before, you know, if I may, before we get to Alibaba, um, you were kind of a serial entrepreneur because when, when I, I, in fact, you also know about government because when I first met you in 1997, you were um, in a government uh, in between startups, I guess. Um, and, um, and, and you um, always dreamed of creating something. And um, maybe you can talk a little bit about what did you see when you were at the government, uh, you were coming off of another startup and, and that, everybody's very familiar with your story, but I think that part of it um, was, was very important to you because then, then you went back to Hangzhou and started Alibaba. Yeah. So maybe talk about that and then talk about what you, did you end up seeing in 1999 that made you decide that Alibaba was, was it. Yeah, okay, good. You know, Jerry knows me so well. And uh, by, well, by the way, Jerry, not only the entrepreneur, and he's a, he's a wonderful investor. Probably one of the best investors in Silicon Valley, right? Uh, I'll give you. I'll I, give you my version. I, I, he's sitting on my board because very few people see the real stuff things in his heart. 
he's, he's so smart. You know, I remember that uh, the day when we negotiated with Yahoo, buying the Yahoo, you know, get $1 billion. Today, people think it's a good deal. But at that time, it was a big risk. You know, it's not easy. That year, that many years ago, put $1 billion inside. And we were almost separate because we are not happy about you know, this and that. And he's not, his CEO at that time, he was not the CEO, right? Yeah. And then he said, we're almost separate. And he said, call me. He said, Jack, can you come and tonight we have a drink? A final he can't, he effort. He can't drink that much back then. So, yeah. And then I said, OK. So he took me to a small, tiny Japanese restaurant, bought me a big glass of sake. <laughs> and we drink and uh, try to convince me how wonderful Yahoo is. And after the drink, we say, OK, let's keep on talking good. <laughs> The most expensive sake I've ever heard in my uh, life. <laughs> well, now I don't, I'm pretty, I don't, I I'm don't pretty think, sensitive about a sake now. I know, I know. <laughs> I was going to invite you to some sake after this, but I guess I better. <laughs> but I, I, I think that. Um... But I will continue asking your question. Answer okay. your question. Yeah. <laughs> I, I went back to China with the Seattle dream of the internet. I believe this thing is going to change the world. I believe this thing will be good, big. But whether Alibaba, uh, whether Jack Ma and his team can be successful, I don't know. I told the team, somebody will be successful, but not, may not be us. We have to work very hard. So it were tough days in China, year 2006, uh, 1996, 1997. And then uh, we go nowhere, because we, we only, I borrowed $2,000 from my friends and families and relatives together. So we compete with China Telecom. They have money, they have the Mount SOE, they're state-owned business, they compete with us. Finally, you know, they cannot kill us because we want to survive. And we, of course, cannot kill China Telecom. So we had a joint venture, they have a 70%, we have 30%. And I was so stupid, I think they really love us. But they got us because they want to kill us. Uh, five, seven bosses, they have a five, we got a two, everything, without even say our idea, say we don't like it. So, so I say, maybe I should go into Beijing, go to Beijing, join the government, maybe they can help us promoting the internet. So we went to Beijing, joined the MOFTEC, Ministry of Foreign Trade, as a part-time job, contract for 14 months. I work inside, I find government can never, ever promote the internet, uh, you know, make internet business. Because the philosophy of internet is try to develop how to make other people develop the business. But the government, they want to control at that time. So it's a totally different philosophy. They are smart. They're good people. But they think, how can I make it using internet to manage and control? But we think we should make not control, making other people develop. So different philosophy, I think, in one work, so I left. And then uh, during these days, I met Jerry Yan. All right? And then I uh, think. Well, you know, no chance in the government, no chance in that. And then I believe we should not give up. So I was in a desperate and think a lot. I said, let's go do it again. So we went back to Hangzhou. Start, I, I invited the 18 found, you know, my students and friends in my apartment. Year two, 1999, February 21st. We took the video. I was talking about... In the future. People look at me, these guys are crazy, right? <laughs> but most people cannot find jobs. So I say, well, if you have an idea, let's do it. And then, um, well, a good thing is that we keep all the video. We, our company probably kept the most of the videos 
and most of the companies. Yeah. Every meeting we had in the past 16 years, we videotaped because we know everything, we, every mistake we made, every decision made in the future will give other, our young people to study us. We're going to open in every 10 years what happened, why we make this decision, even discussing with Yahoo, why we make join with Yahoo, Yahoo. You know, we all videotaped. So <clears throat> someday we will open it. Yeah. So 1999, we started the, the business. And people ask, why not a Beijing, Shanghai, why Hangzhou? I, I mean, now Hangzhou is this hub of entrepreneur and startups and tech. But back then... Back then, Hangzhou is nowhere. And, and I think at that time, Nokia was so good at that time. And I said, guys, where is Nokia? It's a thing that some small island headquarters there. It's not where you are. I don't see it. It's where your heart is, where your vision is. So we said, Beijing, they love SOE, state-owned business. Shanghai, they love multinational companies. IBM, Microsoft, they embrace you. Startup, entrepreneur, forget it, right? So I said, if in Beijing, we're nobody. In Shanghai, we're nobody. If we go to back to Hangzhou, we're the only child of the local family. <laughs> that we started. Yeah. yeah. And local children are very much prized and uh, well taken care of. And, and I think Hangzhou has um, benefited greatly by, by Alibaba, but I also think Hangzhou has always been very entrepreneurial in, in, in fostering what you guys have done. Yeah. So um, I, I have to rebut your story because, um, uh, uh, and, and, and maybe there's a video somewhere, but, um, <laughs> but I, 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 I think that um, one, of the, one of the reasons we, at um, Yahoo at that time, and it was 10 years ago, yeah. so this is the um, 10 years of that deal, but, um, but it was clear to me that um, we uh, at Yahoo could not have built a China business. And, um, and we, were, we had a product at the time that was competing uh, with, um, uh, with, the, with the Alibaba uh, Taobao auction. And, um, and we were very successful in Japan. Yahoo Japan had built a really great commerce product, and so we thought we can use the same idea to build something in China. And then um, in that time, eBay was also there, and we were there, and we were competing, and, and we were just getting killed by this local company. And I said, what is this local company? It's like called Taobao. And, um, and I was like, who's behind this? It's a guy named Jack Ma. And, and I, you know, I remember saying, wow, is this the same Jack Ma I met you know, um, years ago? And it sure so don't, was. Don't compete with me. Well, and that was exactly. <laughs> and, and so the, the, the real, everybody can say, oh, well, what is great inside? And you put the money in. But we really picked the person that we felt like, you know, we, we, you know if you can't beat them, you might as well join them. So we were very fortunate yeah. um, to join up with Alibaba and with you, Jack. So thank you. I think everybody here knows the brand of Alibaba, um, but because many of us in the States don't actually use your products and don't, you know, we hear these numbers, um, what is, you know, what is Alibaba for the, for, the, for, the, for the Western audience? How is it different from Amazon, eBay? I mean, you know, um, is, is, it, is it similar? Is it different? Give us a, a definition of Alibaba yeah. that, um, <clears throat> from your perspective. Yeah, this is our fault because we don't have uh, we don't have our services here that serve the American users. I, but I believe that mo most of Chinese guys here know about us. Uh, 
have you ever used anybody using our service Chinese guys? Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> um, There's only 380 million of them, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> when I, uh, the, the, well, so, you know, let's, that, that question later, I go to the China, a lot of, uh, a lot of Chinese government uh, organizations invited me to talk, and uh, when I say, how many people use them? Very few. But how many, but every family uses them. So our strategy from year 2003 and four, we say it's so difficult to change a successful people. Because they say, ah, oh, no, this one word. But it's good. Let's that's helping those people who want to be successful. So we focus on the young people. At that time, no, in, in Asian history China, if you make the parents agree, the kids agree. If you want us marry, you have to convince the parents, not the kids, right? Today, different. If you convince the kids, you change the parents. So we focus on the young people that year. But by answering... <coughs> Your question is that people say, ah, Alibaba, like uh, American, Amazon? No. eBay? No. Okay. This is the very traditional USA thinking. They, if there's no such model in America, they either don't understand, they don't like it, or they don't buy it. <laughs> right? right? So any model they want to find one. So, at the first day, well, who are you? Yeah, we are eBay. Is that eBay? Okay, yeah, so we understand, but we are not eBay. We are not an e-commerce company, although we have a, the largest e-commerce e business in the world. We're not an eBay. We do not buy and sell. We help people become e-commerce company. We enable other companies to do e-commerce. This is the difference between us and Amazon. We believe every company should be a Amazon. Amazon is a traditional business happen to have a website. <laughs> Which we believe, whether right or wrong, we think every manufacturer, everybody should, should sell online. Right? Why you buy and sell? Too complicated. Why you want to buy and sell and deliver? Even more complicated. So we think we should making sure everybody using the e-commerce, using the payment, using the, uh, the, the marketplaces, using the logistic system, using the data to build up their own business. So we'll be, we, who are we? Yeah, we have the largest payment in the world. You probably don't know, we are 11 times bigger than PayPal, right? We are bigger than eBay plus Amazon together on the sales. And we have, we deliver 30 million packages and more than that per day in China. What does that mean? Total USA package delivered today, put together less than 30 million. So we have this business, but people consider us as e-commerce. What we are, who we are, we are infrastructure of business in China. If you want to find buyers and sellers, our marketplace help you. Taobao, Tmall, Alibaba. If you want to having um, a payment, financial service, Ali and financing help you. If you need a data service, Ali Cloud Data 
dating service to help you. By the way, people only know about cloud dating here, the uh, Amazon. Soon you will know us. And the third, logistic. We got uh, two million people deliver products for us. So people in the States always question, how can you deliver things? And why you don't have your own deliver guys? Guys, the difference between USA and China is that you have a UPS, Federal Express, wonderful system. The, the traditional e-commerce company in the States, that they, can, they still do some, uh, you know, supplementary to that. China, you know, about four, million packages per day. How many people you need? We believe in 10 years, every day China will deliver 300 million packages per day. On 11-11 day last year, we delivered 270 million packages per day. 11-11, we could, sell, we could sell more things. Why we control the traffic? We control the selling. The reason is that we worry about the delivery. If the snow comes in November and the winter comes, the whole China traffic will be jammed. This is something that we'll worry about. So we believe in 10 years, China will have at least 10 million people deliver things on the street. So even if you hire 1 million people to deliver things for you, you only have 10% market share. And I don't think we can manage 10, 1 million people on the street, develop people. Because every day you have so many car accidents, you'll make it die. So we should encourage other people, enable other people to do it. So we are building up the infrastructure that we believe in 10 years, we hope this is our mission, helping doing business easier. Any business, maybe 80 or 70 business in China, if you want to do business, Finding customers, we help you. Financial services, we help you. Deliver services, we help you. Logistic, you know, we help you. And uh, marketing, we help you. And the other thing is data, we help you. So we are like a company building on that, which is totally different about people say, oh, how many GMV you have? Oh, how many packaged? This is only small part of our business. Our vision is bigger. We just think that we don't want to be, you know, we might be bigger than Walmart this year or next year. And I remember seven years ago, the senior management, like a vice chairman or something, come to Hangzhou, we have a, of Walmart, we have a drink in Nasaki. <laughs> a drink, and he said, I said, sir, in 10 years, we will be bigger than Walmart globally. He looked at me and said, young man, very good vision. But you've always had this relentless focus around SMBs as your core constituency, if you will. I mean, you obviously care about consumers and blah, 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 but your enabling of these businesses on your platform, being their infrastructure, that's always been your focus all along. That's right. That hasn't that, changed. That's, that has not changed. Right. This is, that's why the, my answer is that we will be bigger than Walmart this year, but does not mean that we are good. Because we don't want to, the world has another company who, can, who are very able of selling things. We don't think we should buy sell. We should enable. So now there are 10 million small business, power sellers in our site. We give them traffic. We give them the knowledge. We give them the data. We help them deliver. 
you know, using the third party. So that is, it's the 10 million small business combined together. They are the most powerful economy in the world. And we never change. I think we love small business. We love young people. Or we love women. <laughs> Talk about that. Why don't you talk about the women? I never know. Before the yeah. IPO, there is American media, big media came to us saying, Jack, why are so many women in your company? I say, anything wrong? Because we never know something wrong. And then we find more than 52% of our colleagues are women. Your senior management team. And senior management, well, management, 33% of the management are women, and 24% of the senior management. A woman. We have a woman CEO, women CFO, women, women chief people officer. We feel proud because we, we and by the way, 60% of our users are women. So we would love, it was so excited. Because this century, the difference between this century and last the century, last the century is competition of muscle. This century is competition of a brain. So brain, I think women and men are the same. And the other issue is that this century is try to use a friendliness. Care others more than care yourself. This is the difference between IT and DT time. So we find women care others more than women than men care others for others. <laughs> well, women have to care for you know, husband, I don't know, you're gonna get a lot children, of men very unhappy here. Uh, so. I'm telling the truth, uh -huh. right? Uh -huh. <laughs> And that is why, that is why we are supportive because we find most of families, women make the decision what to buy. <laughs> These are the most important decisions. And so we, we are happy about this. Yes, yeah. can't argue with that. Um, <laughs> Great. That sounds, I mean, I, I, I think that vision of Alibaba albeit very consistent from day one, is something I think is reaching an incredible scale. Um, when is that coming to the U.S.? What's your global, and uh, not just U.S., but globally, talk about um, what is that, is it the same vision that you will roll it out in the global sense? What is your, what is your, what can you tell us about Alibaba's international plan? Yeah, I think at least the day when I retire, oh, the day, that at least I can see the company. I don't want the company to change the mission that helping doing business easier for small business. But we never say we're helping Chinese small business doing business easier, helping globally. This is our vision and our mission that we will never change that. But maybe 60 years old, maybe later, I don't know where I'll be there, but they probably go skyrocket, whatever. You know, but the day when I see it, I don't want a company to change that mission. And our global strategy is, is probably different from the American ways. In the past 20 years, globalization is more like Americanization, helping big companies going, oh, that's not mean bad, contribute the world a lot. Right, the past globalization, helping big companies going global. But I think because of the internet, next 30 years, globalization should help small business going globally. For China, because of us, last year we created at least 14 million jobs for China by helping small business. 
by enable small business with the technology we have, with the resources we gather together. So if we can help most small business in the world, we can help millions and millions of people create jobs, innovations. So we will never change it. So our global strategy is that we want to build up an EWTO that helping small business sell by across the board, help consumers, help American consumers, help the Africa consumers to buy online within 72 hours they can receive the products. We want to help the agricultural products, small business in America, sell to China. So our different, in the past 20, 30 years, China is selling. You know, China is exporting. And I'm trying to convince the government, and they accepted that. And I, I, I said, next 10, 20 years, China should buy things from the world. Now, we have 300 million middle-class people now in China. Think about, in 10, 15 years, we are going to have half billion people in China become middle class. They need high-quality products. They need good services, which I don't think today China's land, water, can provide that. So we can help more importing from America, importing from, uh, from uh, Europe, and big companies already almost everywhere in China. Let's help the small guys. This is our strategy. So we are not coming here to America to do business competing with, you know, when you talk about business here, people always ask, ah, when are you going to compete with Amazon? When are you going to come to eBay? Well, the world is so big. Why you always think about a competition? Think about helping the small guys to go to China. So our strategy is the same, helping small business of the world, helping them go to China. And I feel excited about that. And then I will be more welcome here. <laughs> right? well. People say, ah! You guys come here to sell again? No, so I come here to buy. Um, before we open it up to questions, um, I, I just, uh, and, and, um, and if you have questions, I think a mic is getting passed around. Is that right? Um, let me just ask um, one more topic, and if you can keep it somewhat contained, um, we'll get to the questions, <laughs> um, which is on the subject of philanthropy, because I, um, I know you have taken a leadership role in issues around the environment in China. Um, you have personally uh, started a, a, a foundation. Um, just talk, talk about both your personal progress in terms of thinking and doing philanthropy, um, and also you know, how is philanthropy going in China in general? OK, thank you. Well, honestly, I'm a lucky guy. I will say the, whether I'm the luckiest guy or unluckiest guy in the world. Unluckiest because I go nowhere. I don't have a privacy. I never thought I could be like that. You know? and, and, and people say ugly looking, but I think I'm a unique looking person. <laughs> right? People and remember nobody, me. Nobody will call you handsome. I, I know that. So. <laughs> you have a terrible view of judgment. <laughs> well, so... With my background, my family background, with my uh, education background, it, I would be like uh, minus two or minus three if this is zero. <laughs> Honestly, because I know who I am from uh, my father, my, my mother, and my aunts. You know, nobody in my family that have is uh, like a government officer, a business leader. That is why in the past 20 years, 
We never got even one cent from government, one cent from the China banks. Because you don't have any one sheet, right? So that you just have to do from scratches. And with my, that like my, so what, no matter how hard I work, I probably like get two or three, if there's a 10, two or three, that's my top. But today I'm like a six. So the four difference, that does not belong to me. That's not me. So people think, Jack, you're so good. No, I'm not that good. But people say, you're the bad. No, I'm not that bad, right? <laughs> Especially after the IPO, people say, wow, you're so smart. Wow. You know, that I'm so, we're lucky, right? But, so I know when you, I, I said to myself, when you have like a two or three million dollars, that money belongs to you. But we have a 20 million dollars. Trouble comes to you because you don't know the IMB or US dollars valuation up, devalued into the banks or stock market or in the, you know, buy bond, headaches. But when you have a $1 billion, remember that is not your money. That is the people's expectation on you. People put their hope on you because people believe you can manage these money resources better than the others. If you think these are your money, you will be in trouble. So I never thought, I never think the money that I got, the people say, well, Jack, you're one of the richest guy in China. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm helping others to manage the money. So I, don't, I think, how can I spend the money better? And I, what I worry about, what I want to do, I want to I, I, I do a education because I was a, trained to be a teacher. I feel guilty for only taught school for six years. I feel good about that. So that's why I'm talking everywhere. I, I think of myself CEO, chief education officer. <laughs> Try my best to communicate. <clears throat> so in a sec, I think China education system, people say have problem. China education is teaching is knowledge is so good. Teaching, we're the best one of the best in the world. Go to any universities, Chinese students taking exams are the best. In the Stanford, I think, right? <laughs> They're pretty good. They're very good. But the e, the cultivate, the, the e, the culture, teamwork, these are terrible. So we got to put more efforts on that. This is something I want to help. And second, environment. I worry about the air pollution, the water, all these things. And, the, and, and so that's why I joined the, the Nature Conservancy. And the other thing, the infrastructure of the philanthropy. You know, Bill Gates tried to convince me and with Warren Buffett years ago, came to China, we should donate every money. And I asked them, well, how old are you, Warren? He's 80. I said, when I'm 80, I will donate my money. <laughs> I'm only 40. What is my... What is my philanthropy? China, you go to Beijing, Shanghai, they're rich places, but they are only small part of China. Go to the east, western part of China. So many poor, terrible places. As a business guy, create jobs, build more business, making sure people have jobs, making sure people have life good conditions. This is the key, right? And the second, you can donate money to Bill Gates. Who should I donate money to? Red Cross? Who, who should I give money to? 
Because spending money is more difficult than making, making money. And especially for philanthropy. With, when you have a good heart, you should also have good knowledge and capability to spend the money. Otherwise, you, you, are, you are doing good, thing with good heart with a terrible way. So I think what we were doing is to train a people who can do philanthropy properly. So that's why we work with the Beijing University, have a first master degree philanthropy. Training people, develop people, how to manage the money, how to manage the projects, how to do things better, right? And I think we also have to work with the government to make a good policy for it. So when we build up this infrastructure, talents, and the policy, and I think the coming. So China philanthropy is coming. But the key is we need good infrastructure. Like China business is good, but if the infrastructure is not ready, you go up and down, go up and down, and go nowhere. So the money which I'm going to put in education, environment, health. I worry about a health condition because the environment situation is going to cause China in 10 years health issues. And if we don't start to prepare now, we are going to have a huge problem. So these are the areas I'm uh, doing that. But unfortunately, I don't have a pretty uh, plan of time. So we're forming a team. And I think philanthropy, the easiest thing is about donating money. The most difficult, valuable thing is about time and action. So this is something that we put 0.3% of the total Alibaba revenue every year into the environment protection, water protection. This is probably pretty unique. It's not profit, revenue. If there are any shareholders here, I already wrote on our IP book. And we think this is right. If the community is good, if the people are healthy, the business will be healthy. This is what we believe. For you. Yeah. Well, you can see that Jack has... Thank you. Thank you. You have the same passion and vision for philanthropy as you do for your business. That's great. Um, okay, let's go to questions. I don't know how much time we have. I know we're running a little bit late. Uh, where's the mic, Alicia? Uh, somebody? Uh, any question will be okay. Well, Whatever. not any question, but you know. <laughs> Jane, why don't you pick one and... Hello, uh, my name is Emily Ma. I'm a lecturer here at the GSB. Uh, so I love the fact that you're fighting for the small guys, but there are over 400 million people in China who are not yet online. There's 4 billion people on Earth who are not yet online. Do you have some thoughts around that? Okay, yeah. Um, first, there are about, the good thing is that we have 1.4 billion people in the world are online. And this is, they are born in 1980s. This is our hope. Make these people successful. Make these people good. And then they will attract more people going up. Right? If the people who are online are poor, and then nobody will go there. I like the Chinese, I don't like Chinese movie. All the movies, Chinese movies, the heroes always die. <laughs> nobody want to be the hero. In American movies, all the heroes survive. That's why people want to be a hero. Right? So my philosophy is that making those people using internet successful. They're like, like those small business using internet, if they're successful, our business will be successful, more people moving online. So the other thing is that, um, we should working with the government, and uh, 
lower you know more infrastructure, lower the cost of the using the uh, the, the, the the broadband. Yeah, I mean there are a lot of things can be done, but good thing is that 1.4 billion people born in 1980s. These are our hope. These people will change the world. My grandfather know the news by reading newspaper. My father know the news by radio. My generation know the news by watch TV. My children, they're using internet. They say, I want to get involved. This is the hope. So make these people online good, and they will help more people. Who has a mic? Okay. Hi. Um, I'm from Egypt. My name's Ali. So one day I'd hope to have children that would call me Ali Baba. <laughs> but, <laughs> but why why is that the name of your company? That's the first part. Why is that? Why is it called Alibaba? Why okay. is the business called Alibaba? Mm -hmm. The second question is, um, if you had to name the top three markets other than China, where you think that your business model is most applicable, can you list those? Okay, thank you. Why we choose the name Alibaba? Because we learned the name from Yahoo. We say, why this Yahoo strange name? <laughs> but, you know, it sounds, it sounds interesting. Then I was thinking about... Um, if we want to build up an internet company that can help in small business, I mean, a lot, you know, I was walking around, I got this name in San Francisco downtown. I was thinking about what the best name, and then suddenly I think Alibaba would be interesting. So I was, I was thinking about there's a waitress came, have a dinner. I asked, do you know about Alibaba? She said, yeah. I said, how do you know about it? What, what do you know about it? She said, open sesame. I said, yeah, that's the name. So I walk on the street uh, asking a lot of people, do you know about Alibaba? They say, yeah. And then um, we decide this will be Open Sesame Online for Small Business. But unfortunately, the Alibaba name was already, domain name was registered by the others. So we're using the Alibaba Online. We think this is called AOL. <laughs> because, because, you know, American online, it would be impossible to have that domain name and service in China, is that right? Or in Egypt, American online, people, you know. But Alibaba online, everybody will agree that. So later we bargained, you know, we got the name from a, a Canadian guy, but I love that name. So now we also register alimama.com you now. <laughs> well, our model helps those nations have the small business. With, if you have a lot of small business, if you have a poor infrastructure of commerce, Commerce. The reason why China e-commerce grow faster than American, because the American e infrastructure of commerce was so good. You have a Walmart, Amazon, whatever mall everywhere, because <laughs> they don't need it. They do. But for us, we don't have that. So when internet comes, we become the main infrastructure. So I said, in America, e-commerce is a dessert. We in China, we are main cause. And this is why those nations, if your e-commerce, of your commerce infrastructure is bad, internet e-commerce will be good. And for internet, internet financing, same thing. America, you don't have internet financing, guys. You don't. We China have. Why? Because our financial system in China is too bad. When it is too bad, it's the opportunity. Now China rural areas, we go to the rural helping the villages. 
villages 10 years ago, no chance because people don't use PC. Too complicated to use PC. Today, everybody have a mobile phone. So villagers, e-commerce, internet grows so fast. So this is why maybe Indian country like Egypt, those with good population, poor infrastructure, young people, your nation has a great young people lot of it's a great opportunity. When you have young people, it's growth. But don't mean you have a bad old people bad, but young people <laughs> you know, they are the changer, they're the shapers of tomorrow. We're we're getting old fast, so we better start uh, <laughs> why don't we take the last question from up on on, on the top there. Hi Jack. Uh, I'm glad to talk to you. I'm actually from China. I'm from Peking University for undergrad. I'm now a PhD in Stanford. Um, I'm curious about like uh, what's your vision on Ma Yi Jingfu, like Zhifu uh, Bao, and uh, especially like uh, globally, uh, like Chinese people are trying to do business, like not only in China but also like in states and also in all over the world, and uh, like uh, like uh, people want to invest uh, overseas. Like, do you think? Uh, like my Jingfu can help with the like capital, like flow, like globally. Yeah, thank you. So probably here people did not know about a lot of people don't know about the my Jingfu, the early enter financing. How many people know about enter financing? Okay. One day you, everybody will know because you will use it. Early <clears throat> enter financing was coming from AliPay. It's a payment system because this was, we, we found this company year 2004 because people in China talk a lot on the e-commerce. They negotiate, they talk, but they don't buy because they worry about the money, give him and this guy run away. And this guy say, well, I send you things, I don't get the money. So I went to all the banks and tried to convince the banks, can you help me with the payment? The banks say, your business is too small, we don't want it. We have to, we build up a, a very stupid service called Alipay. It's escrow services. If you want to buy things from me, you wire the money to Jerry, and Jerry will let me know. I got a product. Uh, you got money, so I, I send the products. If you're happy, pay me. Not happy, return the money, return products. That people say, year 2003. They say, this is the most stupid idea I've ever heard. Because <laughs> why you don't use credit card? Guys, we don't have credit cards. <laughs> so we made that. Well, remember, today, registered users, I mean, just registered users, close 1 billion people using that. And active, you know, I don't tell the number, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're so big today on that. And later becomes the standard payment for China. And then based on that, we have all the datas. We have the datas, we have to build up the credit system for each individual. How much you buy, what you buy is that you pay the money uh, in time and, and then sell all the system. So what my Jing for the first is try to build up a credit system for China, the trust system. Without that, small business cannot do business. So today, my Jingfu. Oh my God, it's a private company. It's so big. It's almost, if not big, than Alibaba, the same size. And I'm, I, I'm happy because this thing is changing China's financial system. And we are going, we are also applying 
for licensing the states. We are going to the uh, to uh, Korea, Japan, and the Indian, and we think this is going to help millions of people in the world. By the way, I'll give you one example how powerful it is. We got a small loan license four years ago, giving loans. We don't have a deposit, giving loans. Within four years, we have given 1.5 million small business loans and every average borrow only $5,000, we make decision whether we should give you money or not, lend you money within three minutes. You can borrow one cent, borrow for one minute, which all the banks got scared about that because the cost is so low. And how many people work for their loan department? 200 people. So 200 people giving loan for 1.5 million business. And this thing, I think, in the future is going to help millions of small business getting loan online based on credit. And the credit system we build up called the Sesame Credit. You buy, you sell the credit, all the things you get it. And the Sesame Credit today, good thing is a lot of government are giving visas to Chinese based on Sesame Credit. And you, if you want to rent a house, people check your Sesame Credit. And the funny thing is, last month, people find boys and girls. See your sesame credits. <laughs> and this is something we're changing China. I feel proud of that. But we will definitely be in Thailand. Yeah, this is what we want. <laughs> Jack, uh, on behalf of the Stanford Graduate School of Business Alumni Association, we want to congratulate you and present you the award for the Entrepreneurial Company of the Year. Thank you so much. Don't worry, any mistake is an income, is a wonderful revenue for you. So I told myself and told my young people, before 20 years old, be a good student. When you do entrepreneur, just learn some experience. Before 30 years old, follow somebody. Go to a small company. Normally in a big company, it is good to learn processing. You are a part of a big machine. But when you go to a small company, you learn the passion, you learn the dreams. You learn how to do a lot of things at one, one time. So before 30 years old, it's not which company you go, it's which boss you follow. It's very important. A good boss teaches you differently. And before th from 30 to 40 years old, you have to think very clearly when you're working for yourself. If you really want to be an entrepreneur. When you're 40 to 50 years old, you have to do all the things that you are good at. Don't try to drop into the new area. It's too late. You may be successful, but the, the rate of dying is too big. So 40 to 50, think about how can you focus on things that you are good at. But when you are 50 to 60 years old, work for the young people. Because young people can do better than you. So rely on them, invest on them, making sure they're good. So when you are over 60 years old, spend time for yourself. On the beach, sunshine, <laughs> right? It's too late for you to change, normally. But I, this is my, my advice to the young people. 25 years old, make enough mistakes. Don't worry. You fall, you stand up. You fall, you stand up. 
Enjoy it. I mean, 25 years old. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Okay, thank you. 또 다음 질문 받겠습니다. 26살 에비 창업자 김민준입니다. 마인에게 질문 드리겠습니다. 지금까지 살아오면서 가장 후회되는 것이 무엇인가요? 그리고 혹시 물어본 적도 있으시나요? Yeah. <웃음> <웃음> Your answer doesn't have to be wrong. Normally, I make other people cry. <웃음> well, I regret um, a lot of things. I regret that I should never meet the media. I regret I should not speak in the public because I could have my own privacy. I regret that I working so hard, spend so little time with my family. And I regret that if, if, if I have another life, I would never do things like this. And my wife just said, you do not, you do not belong to me, you belong to the Alibaba. But, you know, life is so short. It's all about experience. People see, people see different view. Some people think you're rich, you're successful, but me not. Some people say, you know, this guy does not have money, he's a, he's a terrible guy. Maybe not. So everybody chooses his own life. I cried. Never sort of uh, had a... We had a lot of problems that people never thought. Because <clears throat> running a company for 34,000 young people, operate a company for more than 500 million people. If 500, 500 million people, if 1% of them are bad guy, you got a 5 million bad guy. So, it's headache. But it's too late to regret. Forget about regret. Think about, I have another 10, 20 years to go. So enjoy the show, enjoy the ride. You are the okay. same. Chairman and CEO of Alibaba Group. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Mr. Jack Ma. Thank you. Thank you very much, dear Minister. Ladies and gentlemen, after three days, you know, in-house uh, meetings, and I also fly all the way here, I get, did not feel quite well today. But when I see the entrepreneurs. When I came to the SMEs, I always feel excited. Because when I joined the SME conference, I see from the eyes, the dreams, the passion, the hope. But when I joined the Fortune 500 conference among the CEOs, I see the numbers, I see the revenues, I see the KPIs, I see the bloody competition. <laughs> but among the SMEs, you see, I have a dream, I want to do something. And that happens all the time. And that makes me excited all the time. And today, I think last year, everybody said, wow, the economic is in trouble, and we are, we are all dead, and what are we going to do? And today, everybody seems to be happy. See, the economy come back. Is it really economic comeback? I don't think so. The money is go to the big companies. The money go to infrastructures. The money go back to the uh, stock market. It seems nobody learned from that. How can the economic come back if the SMEs not come back? How can the economic come back if the dreams are not come back, the hopes are not come back? I saw one thing that a few days, you know, two days ago, I had a dinner with my Singapore friends, and they said, Singapore government is encouraging 
to have more babies because you know people are aging and not enough kids. I think the SM, we, we every economy, every nation needs incentive package to have more small, medium-sized companies to have more hopes because every big company comes from the small business. If without this hope, without this kind of incentive to have more babies, we're going to die. Why I always feel excited? I have eight babies. In the past 15 years, I built up eight companies. Uh, seven of them very healthy. One of them I sold it, and I keep the baby. When I look at my babies, Alibaba, Taobao, AliPay, and and you know the the companies which I have, AliCloud. We just had a new baby two months ago. I always feel excited because you see the hope. You know this baby is going to change me. This gonna, baby is going to change the world, change the customers, and that's the thing that I always feel excited. If you want to be happy, have more babies. If you are the government, want your economy to be good, have more SMEs. These are the dreams. These are the hopes. These are the future. So this is what all we want to say. But enough. We've been crying, say, please give us support. But all the SMEs, ask ourselves one question. We are not crying babies. We believe we are tomorrow's Google. We believe we are tomorrow's eBay, YouTube. We believe we are tomorrow's UPS. If we believe we are, we can be. If you don't believe, you never be. We heard a lot of governments say, "We give you and, and let me know what we're going to do. Let me know what we can help the SMEs." We heard a lot of banks say, "Well, we've been, in, you know, uh, giving loans to a lot of SMEs." I heard some banks say, "Well, one of the bank presidents said." Well, uh, we give uh, like uh, 20 million, you know, 200 billion or million dollars to the SMEs. I said, what's the size of the, the loan you give? 20 million dollars. How can you say the 20 million? As the research I got from Alibaba Group, Alibaba Status, 87% of the SMEs, what they need is the, the fund is below 60,000 US dollars. But they are giving loans to 20 million dollars to some big companies. To company, they are not SMEs. They are not the hopes. But I think all the SMEs say, "Let nobody can help you." My eight companies. I would say nobody help us. Only we can help ourselves. Don't rely on the government. Don't rely on the banks. Forget about that. Rely on friends. Rely on relatives. Rely on the small dreams. And always keep that thing in mind, because I've been trying very hard to get loans from banks. Always trouble. But in the past 10 years, I even did not borrow one cent from banks. My kids grew up. I don't know why. And the banks always say, "Well, because we don't have enough information from the、uh, from the SMEs." Tell me any. Fortune 500, any big bank CEOs or president go to see as go to the SME summit? No, they go to the CEO summit. <laughs> right? How could you how could you get information if you do not go there, listen to them, talk to them, share experience with them to see what they need is only fifty thousand U.S. dollars instead of twenty million dollars? How can you get enough information? So I think well. Tender we discussed yesterday say banks are banks. They always have to control the risk, right? So 
government, banks, let's think about something new, new financial structure that can really help those millions of hope small companies that need 50,000 US dollars. What is the right structure? What is the right organization to support them? That's the thing we should think about. So the other thing I want to share with you here is always, I believe, that small is beautiful. And this financial crisis, it gives a lot of, it's a disaster to big companies. This war in 21st century, I think in last century, it's big is better. You have a big, you know, a factory, big amount, and, you know, everything's big, it's good. This century, in the 21st century, I always believe small is beautiful because it's not how fast your machine is. It's not how many equipments you have. It is how quickly you can change yourself to meet the market because the information time, internet, technology make a difference. So the world IT in the last century is designed for manufacturing. This century, IT is designed for making, to help the consumers. So I think this is a disaster for big companies, century disaster for big companies, but it is a great opportunity for small business. For this financial crisis, we see a lot of big companies. We never thought they would die. AIG, to me, it's like empire. How could that happen? Right? All the G, you know, the, the big car companies which we respect, we always want to be there. But today they all died. And let's look at the SMEs. We still feel painful, but we are happy in our heart because we still survive. And we heard so many stories about big companies giving trouble. And, the, and I see the society, the government paid too much attention to these big troublemakers. They are the troublemakers, and we give them enough support. Let them die. It's the time for them to die because they make troubles. <laughs> Every big company, they have a different pro disaster, different problems, but all the SMEs have the same problem. They need understanding and support. This word is not fair. I, I know, so that's that why I want to encourage everyone, all the SMEs here, I'm an SME. I have eight kids, I'm still SME. I still believe I'm a small, because when I'm small, I know I can be big. And I hate to be big, unfortunately. When I was a small company, only out of 10, 20 people, I feel so excited. Well, I can call every employee's names, and I know every time, everything I want to change. I can change within half a minute. Now, oh, terrible. When I was 20 years old, my friend said, your company's not big enough. If you were big, you're like a big boss. You're easy, right? You can control your time. Now my time is not controlled by myself. My time is controlled by all the meetings, the secretaries, and the KPI shareholders, all the things. It's much tougher than when you are small. So I always believe the first day love is very beautiful. Believe the first day love. Believe the first, when you're small, at least you can have time to go out, to go to cinema with your wife and the kids and enjoy a wonderful view. But when you're big, you always go to board meetings. <laughs> and also, I would like to say that um, I give you some today. I come here. People say, Jack, you did not prepare. Why you don't have a PPT? I never prepared PPT. I, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm not good at the technology. I'm a, I was trained to be a high school teacher. 
And the only thing I can know about a computer, funny things, I'm running the, one of the biggest e-commerce companies in China, maybe in the world, but I know nothing about computer. The only thing I can know about computer is send, receive email and browse, that's it. Because I always say technology is for people, people not working for technology. But today I come here as an entrepreneur, I'm prepared every day. I'm not prepared for the PPT because every time when I use PPT, something wrong, I cannot use it. So I come here to tell you my own experience. I want to share with you as an eight kid's father what I did when I have trouble. When I have trouble, I always remind me one, three things. Focus on your customer, serve your employees, and learn from your competitors. These are the key issues that I learned. Focus on customer. Everybody today talking about shareholder number one. I hate that. I think it's always custom number one. It's the custom give you the money. It's the custom give you the innovations. It's the custom that make you happy. Because year 1999 and year 2000, when internet bubble burst, we cannot get any money. We do not have revenues. We have nothing. But every day, what I encouraged me go on was a letter of thanks and emails from my customers. Say, Jack. Alibaba, keep on, because you helped us. Someday we will help you. That's the dream I had. So today, when you believe shareholder number one, you only think about making numbers. You only think about revenues. You only think about how can make your stock market go up. And let, I let you know, no shareholders can be trusted. <laughs> I tell you the truth. Well, our shares, stock price, Two years ago, we listed at like 13.5 Hong Kong dollars. Before that listing day, a lot of shareholders come and say, Jack, we're long-term shareholders. Please give us more shares. We'll keep it. When the financial crisis time came, you know, the day we IPO 13.45, we went up to $40 without doing anything good with 24 hours. And then the financial crisis came, $40 to $3 without doing anything bad. They all gone. Most of the shareholders, they're share traders. How can you trust on them? So rely on customers because the customers stay with you. Customers grow up with you. Customers give you the money, give you the hope, give you the support. So focus on customer. And second is rely and serve your employees. It's your employee, it's your team that make the difference. That the employees, that make all the dreams realized. If we say, well, you know, we have uh, so many uh, uh, problems and, and, you know, big companies have, uh, have, uh, have a problem in, in getting the innovations, how to make things happen. Well, because they do not listen to the, uh, to the uh, employees. They focus too much on the shareholders. The shareholders, well, they give you this idea, that idea, and when you really do that idea, they're gone. And they change all the time, but your employees stay with you. I remember the tough days. What it was so difficult, year 2002 or 2001, there's only one group of people that stay with me. That's my colleagues. And people say, Jack, you don't have to pay me for two years. I will still stay the company because you respect us, because the customer love us. And I tell you one funny thing. Every, if only when you believe your Employees are talents, they are talented people. If you don't believe them, they will never be. My mistake I made 
when I was year 2000, we raised the five million US dollars. And that five million US dollars, when we have money, we start to make mistakes. I try to hire as many talents as possible. Those talents are MBAs, those talents are vice president of multinational companies because I believe if you have MBA, you must be good, right? But when I hire these guys, oh my God, it's terrible. <laughs> these guys came telling you strategy. I only have five million dollars. I remember one of the vice president of marketing said, Jack, this is a budget for next year's marketing. I said, what is that? 12 million US dollars. I said, I only have five million. <laughs> he said, I've never done any plan below 10 million. When something wrong, it's always your fault. Because you never know. So try to find the right people, not the best people, all the employees. You try to find, so if you try to hire great people in your own company, which your company is not good enough at that time, just like a poor Boeing 7, if you want to put a Boeing 747 into a poor tractor, when that grows, your tractor never fly into pieces. So my suggestion is that look at your employees, develop them. Only when they are developed, your company will be developed. The day when we IPO'd, we created more than a thousand millionaires, at least, in the company. All the guys sitting in the room, and we had a chat. I say, ask me. Now, tell me one thing. Why you are so successful? Why we are so successful when we are 20s, we become millionaires? What, what happened? Are we, we are very hardworking people? I think there are much more hardworking people outside. Do you think we are smart enough? Oh, at least I'm not smart. I took three years, three times to go to the university. I failed all the times. And I don't think I'm a smart, I don't think you are smart. And at that time, in year 2000, it was so difficult to, for Alibaba to hire people. If they're not very, that much disabled, we hide them. If they can walk, we hide them. <laughs> because no, nobody believed the, believed our, the internet. Nobody believed e-commerce will work in China. Nobody believed that, you know, internet can happen. But these guys, because they had no jobs, so they said, well, let's come here. So they joined the company, and then those MBAs, those people with great you know, background, they, 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 they were they, they a lot of hunting company. They moved out. They started their own business. Now, today, they all feel those guys, nobody headhunting them. Those guys never sort of uh, have the dreams to build up their own company, stay in the company. After five years, we all succeed. Why? We keep our dreams. We believe it. No matter how big your dream is, make small, tiny steps ahead and grow with them, grow with the company. So my mistake, year 2001, I told my 18 founders, I said, you guys can only be team manager. All the VPs I will hire from outside. Now, 10 years passed. All the wonderful people I had outside, 100% gone. And those, which I think, how could you be successful? They all become VPs and directors. They are all powerful because they believe they can. So I want to tell everybody here, we are small, but carry your employees. These are the people. They have families, they have dreams. They come here not only for the jobs, they come here with a dream to get shared with you. And the third thing is learn from your competitors. 
Don't hate your competitors. Big companies hate competitors. I love my competitors. Without competitors, we will never grow that much fast. Year 2003, when we start, you know, Taobao is a C2C auction model. eBay, my competitor at that time, is $80 billion market cap. We, you know, small, tiny, but we start to compete. It's a lot of fun to compete with big guys. You know, if I start to have a boxing with Mike Tyson, I'm honored, you know. If you have a chance to compete with somebody, if it is, it is a great competitor, you learned. We learn from our competitors. We respect them. Everything they move, you grow. And the other thing I want to share with you is that competitors are the best laboratory for you. Because competitors study you. Any innovative ideas they come, you learn that. Don't copy them, learn from them. So I love my competitors. Every time when I look at them, I wish I'd mind. But I, in China, people say, Jack, you're so crazy. Because uh, four years ago, I said, when I look at my telescope, I never see my competitors. And people say, how could you be that? And I say, no, I'm looking for examples, models. Why should I look for competitors? Competitors are everywhere. And when you compete, having fun, the most interesting part of the business is competition. To make your competitors angry, to make your competitors jumping around, that's the skill you should have. Not make yourself jumping around angry, <laughs> right? Business is such a great fun. When you compete, when I compete, if I got angry, if I jumping around, I know something wrong, because this is a wrong strategy to compete. When you compete, you know, not, not, not purposely make your, your competitor unhappy. If they are unhappy, if they're jumping around, if they try to use money to kill everything, you start to win, because they start to lose money. When your competitor started using money to compete with you, they start to lose. Business is about wisdom. Business is about hope. Business is about courage. So these are all the skills, and I, nobody comforts us. I learned to use my right hand to comfort my left hand when I'm in trouble. You always tell yourself, okay, I'm still surviving, I'm still growing, everything's good, at least I'm still surviving, right? So when you're big, you start to worry about losing something. When you're small, you start to grow. So I always believe small, keep the hope. So these are the things I want to share with you. And um, the last and most important thing I want to say is never, ever give up your dreams. I almost, I think you cannot eat food for seven days that you will die, right? Five to seven days. If you do not drink for three days, you will die. If you do not breathe for three minutes, you die. But if you lose hope and dream for one minute, you die. So I want to tell you that uh, I had problems in the past 10 years. These days when I walk on China, when I look at the airport, a lot of books about me, about the Alibaba, I feel, I feel very nervous because these are not the books interviewed me. These are books that all right, we are not that good. We're not that bad. But today when you're something, you know, successful, they start to write good things about it. We made so many mistakes. The only book that I dreamed to write about is Alibaba 1001 Mistakes. 
every mistake, I think you counted, I made it. And I know you will make it too. Because when I was doing business, everybody said, wow, this is, this is, this is the mistake. You have, this guy is going to make that guy is going to, I'm never going to make it. I tell you, you will make it. And you will make it again, again, again. And when you make it again, again, don't lose confidence. Make it again. You will win. That's, that's all we did. I mean, nobody's perfect, right? So I almost lost my confidence year 2002. I had a big trouble with my team in the USA. I learned from a, a great consultant guy, joined the company, said, Jack, Alibaba do international trade. International trade needs English. Which country has the best English you have, you believe? I think USA, right. Now, internet needs great technology. Which country has the best technology? We say, hmm, USA, right. And we're in the Silicon Valley. So we move our Alibaba.com to Silicon Valley. And when I arrived in Silicon Valley, we, I, we suddenly realized something wrong. We hired people from Miami, from New York, and from all the way. They all came to the, the, our Silicon Valley. And after three months, I realized, the problem is that nobody in Silicon Valley know the trade. So what's the point? Have a good technology and English. We are not English site, right? All the small, medium-sized companies across the board, they know exactly what are you talking about, no matter how terrible your English is. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so I made a mistake, and I told the people, say, sorry, it's a mistake. Let's move back. <laughs> so after two months, we moved back for, to China again. The funny thing is that everybody was happy at that time, because internet of you know, boosting. They got a lot of option shares, they got a lot of cash pay, and they find another job is easy. And nobody wanted the shares. Like we give them one cent per share. No, 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 share, we want a cash. Now you know they don't believe your dreams. If they believe the dreams, give them the shares, one cent. If they don't believe, I want a cash, let them go. And I was so disappointed. A lot of people we hide, they did not want. They want a cash. No matter how wonderful, the, 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 at, at that time, it's easy to raise money. People still want the cash. So I say, OK, let's forget it. And I worked for about half an hour on the Beijing street. My, my colleagues was with me. And then I told myself, go to bed, sleep tomorrow again. So we started. Today, things change. So I want to tell you, never ever give up your dreams. And today, I encourage myself and our team. It reminds us one thing that always, and I want to share with you, finish my speech, that today is very difficult. Tomorrow is much more difficult. But the day of tomorrow is very beautiful. Most people die tomorrow evening. <laughs> You will never be able to see the day of tomorrow's sunshine. If you give up the hope, you, have, you, will know, you will not see it. If you give up your employees, you will never see it. If you give up your customers, you will dead. But if you give up shareholders, you will get a better one. Thank you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.